Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by the Royal Holloway Shakespeare Society. You join me, Theo Dudridge. And me, Subhan Hay, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Bar Times. This week I am joined by our latest social secretary, Esther. Say hi. Hello, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good, great, yeah. Incredible, incredible. So, um, those of you who saw my episode with Jack Harbin uh, way back in series one, um, I said that I DSM'd and Esther also DSM'd. So, tell me a bit about your experience as a deputy stage manager. How did it sort of come to be and what shows have you done? Well, I wasn't always doing backstage. I kind—I did start off on stage. I think the first performance I did was in year six as in Macbeth. I was the third witch and that was really fun. I had this iconic witch laugh, which I can't do anymore. And then um, after that, I started to do um, musicals at my local theatre. So I performed there, which was really fun. And then I did a couple of another couple of Shakespeare performances at school. I did um, A Midsummer Night's Dream where I played Bot and that was extremely fun. I played the nurse of Romeo and Juliet. And then after I stopped taking drama, um, I decided to still be included. So I wanted to, I started doing backstage work. So for talent shows and more performances and like Grease and stuff, I decided just to be part of the backstage crew. And then when I got a bit older, I was promoted to deputy stage manager. And it's kind oh, of a nice. bit, it's a bit different from what it is at Royal Holloway, I think, because um, the stage manager was the uh, teacher and uh, she was kind of like the big boss of it all and I was just following under her. But it's obviously a bit different here because the DSM kind of teaches the stage manager and I, <laughs> I I do like my new position of power now, I must say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always interesting and it's also great to sort of come into um, uni crewing having had prior experience uh, because for me... Um, I never really wanted a crew to begin with. It was something that I kind of got uh, co-opted into and just really enjoyed doing it. But I knew um, basic backstage uh, DSM knowledge from just having watched um, DSM's work backstage, kind of waiting to go on stage uh, when I was acting with my local theatre company. And that was kind of interesting uh, to do all the call signs, learning how that worked. Uh, but yeah, for those of you back home, um, would you like to explain uh, from your experience what the role of a DSM does and what normally happens in kind of role of a DSM? Um, well, so from back home, it was kind of like, um, basically I was just moving things on and off stage and kind of like making sure that the other backstage crew where they need to be, um, the actors were where they need to be. We kind of, we joined um, the rehearsal stage like quite late on. So I was, I was there for the dress rehearsals and the later ones and the tech rehearsals. So, um, I wasn't really a tech person. I could, there was like a separate tech crew, but I kind of okay. watched how it was done. But uh, basically it was just taking things on off stage. I did the curtain call and stuff and it was a uh, pretty fun yeah so were you more in that role more of a kind of general sort of stage manager but then learnt to sort of learn the tech side alongside it would you say uh a bit of it yeah i mean I, I didn't really know that much about tech because um most of the tech crew was um was done at the back of a hall and i um, kind of saw it saw it going on but like and they, they'd um they'd give us like lighting cues that would uh, help help the stage crew and the uh, performers as well so that helped out yeah oh nice that's that's very good um you're also um part of the crew for this year's main time show which is going to be 
uh, a slight taming, which is a slight variation on uh, Taming of the Shrew. And you're also DSMing that, so would you first of all like to tell me a bit about the show, and uh, second of all, um, what you've done in your role as DSM for the show? Uh, well, basically, our Taming of the Shrew performance is a new name, and it's called a slight Taming. It's going to be a modern interpretation on it, because it's arguably be, arguably be one of... Shakespeare's most sexist and controversial pieces so we're trying to give it more of a progressive feminist approach basically okay. and um, I guess um, what I'm doing as a DSM in this is it's, it's different to what I previously did at school it's kind of um, I'm sorting out rehearsal schedules I'm kind of I'm gonna be there for the audition process I'm making stage designs sorting out props and clothing and such and it's basically um I basically just got to be there for the director and stuff and kind of just turn up to rehearsals, make notes and things like that, yeah. Nice. Okay, so uh, obviously you've uh, DSM'd a few shows before. What uh, what shows what shows have you DSM'd? Uh, the first one I did, and well, that was um well the first um couple I was just part of stage crew, but um okay. I was kind of like I didn't have the title stage manager, but I kind of I kind of felt like it. I was kind yeah. of yeah. Um, but um the first one I did was Greece, which was really fun because I was uh, in charge of moving the car around and like and nice. that that was quite fun. Because because the stage manager, like, uh, she's quite a uh, good at, like, carpentry and stuff. She basically made this wooden car, and, like, you would take off a layer of the car. So it would look from, like, a really scraggy car. You'd take the layers layers off, and then it'd look like a really cool, shiny car. And basically my job was kind of, like, to move it around. And then, then there was obviously other things to do, but that was kind of, like, the highlight of it, the car. And then um, nice. other thing I did was um, we had this um, a sh kind of showcase called Extravaganza, which is just a bunch of different things. It's, like, dance performances, singing performances comedy acting yeah and um, I, I mean i mean it wasn't as that much for that i think i just had to get instruments on and off stage and just oh, had okay. to do the curtain call instead and then yeah the most recent one i did where i was actually a dsm was we um it was sweet charity and basically okay. um we um and um, that, that, that was just quite a simple one as well just getting things on and off stage but um we didn't really we didn't get to perform for as many audiences as we want to do because what the performance times is when like, like the pandemic came to oh, fruition no. it's kind of yeah. like we managed to perform to one of the other local primary schools but um that was about it and so fun. we and we managed to perform for some other classes but we didn't get to do what we wanted but it was still really fun to do oh nice are you feeling excited for doing an in-person show uh, yes, basically, because from what I heard from last year, everything had to be online, and I meant, and um, I didn't really do much last year, and we weren't able to do our performance of Sweet Charity on my last year of school, so oh, it's no. it's uh, good to be uh, back on and doing things in person, yeah. Yeah, that, that's incredible, because I remember, it's weird looking back at uh, when everything kind of shut down. I was very lucky just before the uh, second major lockdown was announced when the tier system was coming to an end, I was lucky enough to DSM a production of Romeo and Juliet and we were doing our get-in when that uh, had to close. I say when it had to close but when we were, we were all very much like what's going on, what's, what's going to happen and we were told that we were able to uh, still do it but do it as a live stream. So the actors could still come and rehearse because we were all in a bubble and we were able to go into this amazing theatre. The actors could still rehearse it, do their runs, and then we were able to record it. 
um, which was nice. And then that ended up being, uh, so you had to pay to see it streamed basically, but it was available for two weeks and it was incredible um, to have that experience, to be back in person doing a show, even though things were still very much in chaos. It was an incredible experience and I very much can't wait to be working on this project as well. Those of you who are listening back home, I am the polo for taming this term, uh, so I'm looking forward to kind of being with the cast and crew and just, uh, yeah, seeing what um, work kind of unfolds with that. Um, so speaking of things opening up and going back to in person, by the time this episode has comes out, uh, Freshers Week would have been a thing. Um, no, because you've um, you've booked up for a few things in Freshers Week. Um, obviously, you were, you went into similar Freshers Week where things were kind of either online or just in a state of chaos with uh, things either just being not what they used to be or not many kind of club pub nights going as normal. So, uh, first of all, like, what are you looking forward to in Freshers Week and how are you feeling to kind of be back to... I say normal, but be back to some state of normality and enjoying the uni experience. Well, yeah, I suppose it's Freshers' Week. I guess I'll feel like first year because I didn't really have that much for Freshers' Week last yeah. year. I mean, everything was online, so I didn't really bother to attend. But at least uh, this year I get to um, actually run some stuff. I'm running a performance workshop if you want to come, but um, there'll be also <laughs> academic workshops. But um, yeah, there's a lot I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's a lot of uh, in-person events I want to go to. Um, I think the petting zoo really stands out to me. For, oh, nice. Yeah, I like animals, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, um, but you mentioned the academic and performance workshop, which I believe you're referring to Shakespeare Society's one. So uh, could you give our viewers a little bit of a... I said a little bit of a sneak preview about that. This is, this is going to come out way later, but what sort of... <laughs> What sort of things are you planning to do? And for those of you who aren't able to or weren't able to make uh, this workshop, what are the what are the stuff do Shakespeare Society offer with performance and academic stuff? Well, um, for our um, taster performance workshop, I think the basic gist of it is doing something really fun. We'll start off with an introduction, getting to know each other. There will be food as well. Incredible. And Incredible. Um, basically, I think I wanted to do something kind of like odd and bizarre and see if it worked. And basically, I um, got a bunch of monologues and duologues, and they're all from different genres. But basically, what we want to do, we want people's, um, the people that join, if they want to perform, they can perform it as if it were from a different genre. So perhaps... Um, a monologue from Macbeth which is a tragedy and it could be performed as a comedy so I mean it, it just shows like how powerful it is like how you say something can completely change the meaning of it and yeah and hopefully um, we want to do some Shakespearean insults as well which should be interesting to see and compare to, see to modern it. ones you love to see it you love to see it um, but also that's a nice segue uh, because you, as I mentioned at the very beginning you are our new social secretary um, I don't know if you can give our viewers at home um, or uni or wherever a little, little insight into uh, what kind of things are in the works. Um, well, uh, basically, um, well, well, we've got a couple of things in every every week. We um, every Saturday, we're going to have something done called Bart's brunch. We basically oh, yes. meet at the Crown. We have brunch, talk about stuff, Shakespeare, life, whatever. And yeah, we've got a couple of things going on. So I mean, there's plenty of collabs that we're doing. We're doing collabs with players. So basically, um, my job just means I have to 
organise these things, email people, do risk assessments and such. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we move on to um, the news of Freshers Week being in person now, um, uh, we've talked about both of our experiences uh, DSMing. Uh, do you have any advice for someone wanting to get into the role or perhaps backstage crew uh, in general? Well, basically, I mean, I, I suppose the first thing to do is uh, you've got to be good at is organisation. You've got to be organised. You've got to be quick making notes. You've got to be good at being on time, making rehearsal schedules. And basically, um, I mean, you've got to... And um, I, th I think it's good to know stuff about the tech as well. Yeah, I think um, I I'm still not the best at it, but I think going into it, it, it's probably good to know more about the tech so you can speak to the tech crew about that, say what you want, and uh, and then speak to other people about props and clothes and just, uh, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Uh, so we're now going to move on to our uh, review section. Uh, this is the new section that we uh, advertise in the trailer. So you recently saw a production of uh, Macbeth, um, I believe, at uh, Indoor Globe. Um, so, yeah, first of all, what did you think of it? Uh, tell us a bit about, uh, give us a, I think give us a synopsis, it's Macbeth. But give us a little rundown as to kind of what this particular production did that... Um, yeah, just give us a rundown of what this production was. Mm. So, um, obviously, um, Macbeth's kind of one of their spooky plays, and this one really enhanced all that because of this indoor globe, which is just down the road to the other globe. It's basically all lit by candlelight, and that really made the atmosphere, like, quite chilling, and I feel like um, the witches were especially chilling. They kind of just... They made things so subtle, but kind of quiet, and, um, yeah, and it was kind of... I mean, they... Um, Costume-wise, it was mainly blacks and greys. It wasn't going into the old um, old style, but um, yeah, it, it just made it really chilling. I mean, it wasn't afraid to show the blood and stuff, especially at the banquet. They uh, they really uh, <laughs> unleashed it there, and they um, they can't. They, I mean, I think it was um, basically their their use of sound was um, was really powerful as well because okay. they're not they're basically kind of like. The witches did really quiet little chants. They had a little bell, which kind of just did it. And like um, after it stopped, it was just silent. And, nice. and they um, they would run around the uh, the outside of the theatre and bang on the walls. And that really uh, uh, that was quite terrifying. <laughs> so like, how was it staged? Was it sort of in the round? Was it a sort of a promenade, proscenium? Like, what was the? Was it a very immersive stage? And was it? Um, how did it sort of create those? How those effects kind of get across in a way that kind of made you feel scared and assuming made others around you feel sort of a similar way? Well, I suppose I suppose what helped is it was kind of like there was little layers. There was a little uh, balcony that um, the witches were on, which showed that kind of okay. like they were they, they were looking over everyone. And, yeah. uh, and I, th I think that really added to the effect. And in regards to the stage, I've completely forgotten what stage types there that, are. That's okay, that's yeah. okay. Uh, you're a history and philosophy student, you don't need to remember I've forgotten from GCC drama. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's the little things, it's the little things. Um, but by the sounds of things, it to create that effect, it must have been, and it must have been good. Um, so what's your experience like with Shakespearean acting or working backstage with uh, Shakespeare work because you've got um obviously you've you're doing a show this time which is Taming um if you have what's your kind of prior experiences with uh, Shakespeare like I mean um for the other Shakespeare productions that we've 
done. I mean, I wasn't doing backstage work, but what we did for most of them, it was kind of like Shakespeare in a day. And basically what we did, we kind of, we learned our lines, obviously like weeks beforehand, oh, but we okay. made all the props ourselves, like the actors and other people, we made all the props ourselves during the day. Oh, like okay. for, yeah. uh, like for Romeo and Juliet, we were all making these roses in between and it was um, quite fun. And then we um, made this, there was this really, really long, like cloth that we um d we're just um writing uh kind of like a monologue from Romeo and Juliet there into oh, the okay. font and that was really fun and then for Midsummer Night's Dream um that was that was that was a bit more simple it's kind of just making it kind of like look foresty as well and just making all that during a day it was quite fun so uh yeah so I might be reading this wrong was it like you had a week to put on a bit of Shakespeare or was it done over like a time and it's just everything kind of scrapped together at the last minute well it's basically um called uh, we basically called it Shakespeare in a day and um, oh, okay so um we basically did all the props and made it ourselves and we did like the proper dress rehearsals during the day but and we were le we learned our lines like weeks beforehand but everything else was yeah. just done during the day yeah that's that's really cool um I mean, we do something similar, which is 48 Hour Shakespeare, where you have uh, 48 hours uh, with two days, but it's divided up like differently to uh, put together a Shakespeare play. Um, and this is something that I think we can talk about on the show. Um, later on in term one, we will be advertising uh, crew callouts for 48 Hour Shakespeare, which this year, I believe, is going to take place in medicine. Uh, so keep an eye out on our socials for that, because that sounds like a very similar experience to what uh, you've done at home. Um, my theatre company that I was a part of when I was younger do, uh, I think it's like a Shakespeare week where they uh, get a bunch of, they it's mostly younger children, and they put together um, a Shakespeare performance uh, within a week, but a very, a very like abridged version of Shakespeare. Um, there used to be a Shakespeare festival that um, my old uh, sick form used to do uh, where basically uh, your school would put on one of these plays that this company would organise and cut down for you. Um, I never got a chance to do it because my friends were telling me about it and it was just a really interesting experience like seeing all these different groups of people take Shakespeare uh, put on a different kind of concept to it and make something really interesting about it and really I guess um, I guess um well I, I, I mean a lot of our school our school did a lot to do with Shakespeare and we had a couple of like acting troops come in I think we had one for Romeo and Juliet and one for Macbeth and they were both quite uh they're both quite different the Macbeth one is basically three people playing everyone but they're basically kind of like clad in white white makeup with a bit of oh, like okay. red and blood on everywhere yeah. and that was um and then the other one we did it was kind of like a modern take on it and basically they kind of got people in the audience to say these random things i remember i was picked on i was asked to be a messenger or something and nice. i was like oh this is fun nice oh, there was a uh what was it there was a really nice production of midsummer night's dream that i saw a few years back at the theater called tollthorpe and um basically they ended up doing like an outdoorsy thing mm -hmm. with midsummer and um there was a point where because it was an outdoor theatre and it was um the timing of it was just right for as the sun was setting when they were doing the forest scene they ended up having um these fairy lights go up and it was um it was just incredible like the moments the beats just hit 
just right and it was incredible yeah i mean that, that must have been quite a step i mean a midsummer night's dream as an outdoor one that would have been quite fun to do i mean um, i think uh, yeah I, I i did see one at tollthorpe as well i saw a 12th night at tollthorpe oh, and nice. that was a that was really fun to see but yeah i think really like having like a real forest aesthetic in the background really helps because i think uh, uh another group for gcse they did this thing where basically they had all these scenes from midsummer night's dream in the woods at the back of our school and was oh, the other group okay. we were kind of like watching we were like moving in between the scenes and like we were, we were moving to different parts of the wood for yeah. different characters and different scenes and it just it just really adds to the aesthetic to have it like real yeah i mean speaking of midsummer i also saw a production in oxford quite recently which a couple of my friends were in and it was a very different it was still outdoors but the backdrop was uh, of oxford castle which uh, this is something i just remembered now because it's it's set in athens it's quite interesting doing an outdoor production of midsummer night's dream having kind of a city uh building aesthetic background to it um which i think is quite interesting because the costumes were incredible for that it was like very neon um for the fairies and uh, it just worked really well and both of those productions i'd rank quite highly as being good uh, good performances of midsummer night's dream so um yeah we're just coming towards the end of uh, the episode now i think our time our time is coming uh <laughs> but um yeah just before you go uh, so obviously you're quite new to societies. Uh, I believe this is your first society that you've joined, mm -hmm. and you've you straight away went for a committee role, which is an incredible thing to do. Um, so, obviously, this episode will be out after Freshers Week. But those people who are still a little bit unsure as to uh, how to get into societies, is there any advice that you can give us? um as to uh what to expect what's to come and just advice for uh any uh up and coming first years well i suppose what um i mean i kind of uh wish i joined during the first year but i suppose things are a bit more difficult during the pandemic yeah. but yeah i mean i kind of I, I i basically joined the committee before i joined the society but um <laughs> it was uh but i i'd recommend like getting in on it quite early on so you don't miss out on anything because there'll, there'll be there'll be something for you if you're more into the academic stuff there'll be something there if you want more social event or something performance wise there's going to be something for you so even if like it's something that you've never Shakespeare's something you haven't really been interested in before, I mean I think you, I think there are because there are many different methods of like showcasing Shakespeare. I think it it's a way to yeah. get everyone else into it. Incredible, incredible. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Esther. It's been lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of Bard Times. I've been your host, Theo Dudridge, and in the words of the bard himself, and teach me how to name the bigger light, and how the less that burn by day and night. Take care, everyone.